The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, August 21st, 2022, on the basis of Jeremiah 23, verses 23 through 29. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. So about a week ago, I got an email that was about this opportunity that I thought might be of interest to you, so I wanted to pass along the good word. Coming up in a couple of weeks in Madison, there is a marathon being held. And evidently, the race organizers are having a bit of a difficult time bringing together all of the volunteers that are needed to make sure that the race runs smoothly. And so, if you have a bike, if you know how to ride that bike, if you are at least 18 years old, you could be one of the lead pace setters for the runners in that marathon. That job of, of being a pace setter is actually a very important one in a marathon. Part of their job is to make sure that the runners all know where to go, that they know where to turn as the course sort of winds its way through the city streets of Madison. And they need to get that exactly right. In fact, evidently back in uh, the earlier part of the summer over in Stockholm, Sweden, there was a very important marathon being held and the lead pace setter who was riding on a motorcycle took the lead runners on a wrong turn. And by the time they figured it out, by the time they got back on course, those lead runners had to run an extra half mile. And by the time they got back on course, they were no longer in the lead. This probably sounds like an obvious statement, but if you are trying to win a race, it is pretty important for you to run the course as it has been marked out. Now, maybe that important job of being a pace setter in a marathon doesn't seem all that important to you, because maybe for you, the last thing that you would ever plan to do in life is run a marathon. Well, too bad. Because the word of God that we are hearing today actually says to all of us as Christians that our lives as Christians is sort of like a race. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it is like a marathon. And in that race, as you might imagine, we can't just choose to run whatever course we want to run. We can't just follow whatever path we want to go down. No, as you heard the writer to the Hebrews say, our job is to run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. And if that is the case, then the words that we are looking at this morning, these words from the prophet Jeremiah, actually present us with a bit of a challenge. You see, in this race, it is not simply that there is one lead pace setter who is showing us where to go, and hopefully he knows what he is doing, and all we need to do is follow him. No, these words from Jeremiah tell us that in our lives, there are actually a number of different pace setters a number of different spiritual guides, spiritual leaders who all want us to listen to their voice and follow their lead. And so we are presented with what might seem like even an impossible task. How do we know which one to follow? How do we know which voices to tune out because they are misleading us? How do we know which voice to listen to because it is taking us down the right path? Well, thankfully, through these words to the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord wants to take that difficult decision off of our shoulders. He wants to make it crystal clear the difference between those false spiritual leaders and the true ones that he has sent. He wants us to 
to avoid being distracted by those who would mislead us so that we can give our undivided attention to following the path that he wants us to take. If our lives as Christians really are like a race, then there's at least one thing we don't have to worry about. You are not going to lose this race because the course hasn't been clearly marked for you. Now, it probably comes as no surprise that in the days of this book of the Bible known as Jeremiah, the one voice that God wanted people to be listening to belonged to this prophet named Jeremiah. Well, unfortunately, during Jeremiah's day, there were also all kinds of other prophets who were also trying to get God's people to follow them. And the thing that's important to note about these false prophets is that they were not claiming to represent other gods besides the true one. They were not asking people to worship false gods instead of the Lord. They were not speaking out in opposition to the God that Jeremiah claimed to represent. In fact, they were claiming to have exactly the same authority that Jeremiah claimed to have. They would go to God's people and they would say, I had a dream. God spoke to me in that dream. And so when I speak to you, you should listen because God is the one who has given me these words. That's what they were saying to God's people, even though none of that was true. That's an important thing for us to know as Christians whose life, whose journey through life is like a race. As we think about spiritual leaders, spiritual guides who might lead us down the wrong path, we might first be inclined to think of that public university professor who criticizes or even ridicules the things that the Bible says. Or maybe we'd be tempted to think about that religious leader who would tell us about a different religion with all kinds of gods, all kinds of sacred texts, all kinds of religious festivals and observances that are different from the ones that we know. But you can go on Amazon and look for books. And you can go on Spotify and listen to podcasts. And you can go online and scroll through all the different images and videos that are out there. And some of them might be labeled Christian. Some of them might use the words God and Jesus and Bible, and some of them might still be leading you down the wrong path. Some of those religious leaders might be claiming to represent the very same God that you trust and that you worship. And so maybe we can start to appreciate this difficult decision that the people in Jeremiah's day were facing. Jeremiah claimed that God spoke to him and that he spoke to God, spoke for God. But these other prophets also claimed the very same thing. So how in the world were the people supposed to know? How were they supposed to tell the difference and know which voice they should follow? Well, the very first thing that God wanted his people to know is that he knew the difference. He wasn't fooled. Ours is not a God that can only be in one place at one time. Ours is not the kind of God where you can hide from him in some secret place and you can sort of go behind his back and say things about him and he'll never find out. Ours is a God with whom there are no secrets. He knows all. He sees all. He can tell the difference between the false prophets and the true ones. And the same is still very much true today. An author might sell thousands and thousands of books. A speaker, a podcast might get millions 
of downloads. A preacher might be able to fill entire stadiums full of people who hang on their every word. Spiritual leaders might be able to lead all kinds of people down the wrong path, but make no mistake, God is not fooled. God knows all. God sees all. And the Lord is able to see the one true path, the one right path among all of the wrong ones. Well, but what about us? We're not God. We don't know all. We don't see all. And so how is God going to let us in on the secret so that we too can see the difference between the false paths and the true ones? Well, I don't know about you, but if it were me, and I knew that there were all these false voices that were out there leading people away from the one true God, if I were God, I might be, in te- I might be tempted to suppress them or silence them. The Lord does just the opposite. The Lord wants to get all of those voices who are claiming to represent him out in the open. He says through the prophet Jeremiah, let the one who claims to have a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain? In other words, let's get all of those spiritual voices out in the open. And as soon as we do, we will be able to tell the difference. We will be able to see who really has the word of God and who is delivering that word of God faithfully. Why? Because when someone really has the word of God and is delivering it faithfully, it will be in perfect harmony with what God has already revealed to be true about himself. You see, even in the days of Jeremiah, when God was still revealing new things about himself to his people, there was already things God had revealed about himself through other prophets, through prophets like Moses, for example. And so the people could know with absolute certainty that what they were hearing from the prophet Jeremiah was in fact from God because it was in perfect harmony with what God had revealed through Moses. In contrast, What these other prophets were saying directly contradicted what God had said through Moses. And so no, it is no surprise that on Amazon, on Spotify, on the shelf in any local bookstore, you can find all kinds of spiritual leaders who use words like God and Jesus and Bible, even if they are leading people down the right paths. But God does not try to silence or suppress those voices. God is not in the business of canceling people. God is not in the business of burning books or deplatforming podcasts. No, God's strategy is just the opposite. The more those voices are allowed to be heard, the more they are allowed to see the light of day, the easier it is for God's people to put them to the test, to see if they are in agreement with what God has already revealed about himself in his word. And friends, make no mistake, that is exactly what we ought to be doing. It takes hard work. It takes time. It takes great care and great diligence. But the word of the Lord allows us to see the difference between those who would lead us down false paths and those who would lead us down the true one. There's another way in which the Lord enables his people to see the right path that he wants them to follow. And that is by telling them the effect 
that they should expect the word of God to have in their lives when they hear it. Again, if it were me, I might do things a little bit differently. If it were me, I might say that if a message really comes from God, then naturally everyone's going to love it, right? It's going to be very popular and very well received, and everyone is going to want to hear it. That's based on a completely false assumption of where false prophets and false teachings come from. It might be very easy for us to, to picture what was going on in these days sort of like this, that God's people were there sort of very happily, very joyfully, very eager, eagerly following the path that God wanted them to follow. But then these false teachers came along and unfortunately they led them down a false road. That can happen. That's not what was going on here. What was going on here is that long ago, the people had decided that they no longer wanted to follow God's path. Instead, they wanted to do what they wanted to do. And so lo and behold, eventually some people figured out that they could be very popular as spiritual leaders if they came along and told people that what they were doing was exactly what God wanted them to be doing. How about that? And so the problem in this situation was not some sort of lack of information. They, it wasn't that they didn't know which path they should follow. It's simply that they did not want to. And so if that's what happened, and if that's what can still happen, what kind of effect do you think the word of God, the, a true message that really comes from God, ought to have when it meets a human heart that's just like that? As God makes a comparison to his word, he doesn't say his word is like a nice warm blanket or a nice soft pillow. It's always going to keep us nice and cozy and comfortable. He doesn't say that his word is like this applause button that we can just push any time that we want to hear that what we are doing is exactly what we ought to be doing. No, instead, the Lord makes two comparisons. The Lord says that his word is like fire, and his word is like a hammer. The job of the word of the Lord is actually to turn up the heat in our lives. To put to the test. To purify. And to be able to separate that which is pure precious metal from that which is worthless dross. And the job of the word of the Lord is to serve like a hammer that breaks rocks to pieces. It is to take stubborn determined human hearts that want to do their own thing, hearts that are solidly set on following their own path and to smash them to pieces. It would be easy for us to think that if a message is popular and well-received, it must come from God. And on the other hand, if a message is not well-received, if it's very offensive and upsetting, it must come from somewhere else. But God's strategy is often just the opposite. If it, if it really is the case that as human beings, we are not just well-meaning people who always want to do the right thing, but sometimes get led astray. If it really is the case that sometimes we just want to do what we want to do instead of following God's path, then when God's word confronts us, when God's word upsets us and even offends us, that is not the sign of some flaw with the word of God. That is a feature of the word of God. It is doing exactly what it is supposed to be doing. In fact, believe it or not, if you walked out of church 
one day and you said to me, you know, Pastor Bauer, what you said in that sermon today, it really offended me. Assuming that I was actually preaching the word of God faithfully, I should not take that as an insult. I should actually take it as a compliment. I might have a hard time doing that, but I should take it actually as a compliment. In fact, if you wanted to criticize me, if you wanted to insult me, you could say something like this. You could walk out and you could say, you know, Pastor Bauer, I've been listening to your sermons every week for years now. And nothing you've ever said has ever made me uncomfortable or upset me or offended me. If we really do have hardened, stubborn human hearts that often want to deviate from God's path, then when the true message of the word of God confronts us, it should do exactly what God says it does. It should act like a fire that purifies and a hammer that breaks rocks to pieces. So, God sees the right path among all of the false ones. And the word of the Lord helps us to see that right path too. And so if our lives are really like a race, then at least there's one thing we don't have to worry about. We don't have to worry about losing this race because the race hasn't been clearly marked out for us. But what about losing that race for other reasons? Sure, the race, the course has been clearly marked, but the second we turn over our shoulders and trace our steps back, we see all kinds of missteps that we have taken. All kinds of times when we have deviated from the path. In fact, we can probably identify times in our lives when we have actively tuned out the word of God and maybe even replaced it with a false voice instead because we just couldn't stand the heat. And if that is the case, that's why the other readings that we got to hear this, me this morning are so important. In that reading from Hebrews, where the writer describes our lives as Christians as a race, he refers to Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. In other words, long before we even took a single step on this course, our Savior Jesus started the race and finished the race as our substitute perfectly in our place. In fact, as we heard in today's gospel, the reading from Luke, Jesus knew the course that was marked out for him. Jesus knew where that path led. Long before there was ever a prize in store for Jesus, Jesus had a punishment waiting for him. He said, there is a baptism that I must undergo. All of the wrath of God, rightly earned by our missteps through life, all of that wrath was going to be poured out on Jesus like a flood. And yet, what did Jesus say? He said, I am constrained to run this race until it is finished. Jesus was running his race like a thoroughbred horse race with blinders on. There was nothing else in his focus but getting to that cross and paying for our sins. And so, no, you're not going to lose this race because the course hasn't been clearly marked. But you're also not going to lose this race because of missteps that you've taken. You're not going to lose this race because you're not a fast enough runner or that someone else is faster than you. No, Jesus has already won the prize. And it is just waiting for you at the finish line. And so, yes, let us fix our eyes on Jesus and let us run with perseverance the race that has been so clearly marked out for us.
Amen.